welcome to the Coaches View podcast, a podcast hosted by professional football coaches and analysts for those of you who love to look at the game in microscopic detail. My name is Harry Brooks and I'm joined once again by my partner in crime, Richard Webster. Hello, mate. Hi, mate. You okay? I'm good. I'm good. La Liga is back. Football is well and truly back. I was watching the Real Madrid eyebar game earlier with... With a glass of whiskey, just enjoying myself, chilling out after a long day working. It was, it felt pretty good. How are you? Yeah, great, mate. I'm, I'm this, I'm feeling the same as you. I, I know we've been uh, Bundesliga heavy for the last couple of weeks, which yeah. has been really fun, really enjoyable. Uh, the Coppa Italia was back in the middle of the week mm. as well, and now, uh, and now La Liga's back with a bang. So that's that's fantastic. That's going to be the focus of the show uh, or uh, this week's episodes. We're going to talk about La Liga and what we saw. Uh, a little bit about the title race there and and who's gonna who's gonna come out on top, and then of course we're looking forward to uh, the Premier League coming back very shortly as well. Yeah, indeed. The thing is though, I've been so eager for football to return on my TV screen that it's kind of coincided when I'm back to work coaching. So I haven't seen anywhere near as many games as I want, but I've managed to catch a few, some uh, really good fixtures as well. Like I said, I saw Real Madrid Ibar earlier, so we're going to talk a lot about that, and we might as well get straight into it. So. For this show, we are going to talk about the return of La Liga, but we're going to focus on the big two, the title race. Um, I watched Real Madrid versus Ibar. Richard, you managed to catch Barcelona last night. So do you want to start off and uh, tell me what you thought about Barcelona, how they looked? Um, you know, looking yeah, at the definitely. Line, you know, I'm guessing it was a pretty uh, resounding win, pretty comfortable. But if you want to kick us off with that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was resounding win in the end. Yeah, 4-0 for Barcelona away at Mallorca. Um, it was a, a strange one. Obviously, no fans in the in the ground, all of that kind of thing. Although, it was an incident uh, later in the game, which we'll come on mm. to, uh, which was a bit of a bizarre one. Well, talk about it now. It's no obviously there's no fans in the ground because of the coronavirus and the pandemic, and that's the what everyone's going with at the moment. Um, but for, somehow, a fan managed to get onto the pitch, um, which is incredible. So not only into the stadium, but actually managed to get onto the pitch. And I think he was trying to approach uh, Jordi Alba. Maybe okay. Trying to, um, maybe he didn't to get, get himself in, though, did he? He never got it in the end. He just got he got um, taken off just before he managed to get it. Which, to be fair, if you've he's done pretty effort. well. He's, I mean, he's, done, done, he's done pretty well to get in a stadium. Him, he, he's done well, and uh, Alba's pretty quick, so he could, he did well to get, <laughs> did well to get close. To be honest, yeah, I think I think the so, effort he made to somehow get in a stadium with no fans, he deserved a selfie at the very least. Did you see the FC Porto game, by the way? No, I feel about it. I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, the fans getting on top of the roof of the stadium, absolutely Wild. crazy. I love it. Just people in football is just mental, isn't it? But no, back to Barcelona. So yes, what did you think? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, Barcelona out of the blocks like they've never been away. Three months, yeah. uh, three months without a match, and they score within 65 seconds. So <laughs> it was, uh, it was business. From that, it was business as usual. I mean, um, I thought uh, Frankie De Jong was excellent. He was absolutely superb. Good, good, because he hasn't quite um, lived up to the hype um, since his move, has he? Or he hasn't quite worked out for him in the same way. Um, yeah. I think he's actually become a bit, don't want to say it's a negative word, but a bit Barcelona-fied. I think at Ajax, he was very, very dynamic, very vertical. He used to drive forward. But at Barcelona, he's kind of turned into a, a player that looks to recycle the ball a bit more, just keep the game flying over. And I think he's got more to his game than that. But that's good to hear that he had a good game. He had a great game. I think that's a, not unfair, but I think it's understandable considering he's he's young coming in. Yeah. Um. He, he's fitting into a midfield. I mean, the midfield he played in yesterday was he started with Vidal, Busquets, mm. and and De Jong. So, um, you know, there's not a lot of legs around there. Vidal is, you know, Vidal scored the first goal with yeah. an absolutely brilliant. I would describe this as a crashing header. 
Okay. Uh, which is the only way to describe it. So De Jong wins the ball off uh, Young Kubo, who I'll come on to later, the Japanese yeah. player, yeah. Uh, on loan from Real Madrid to Mallorca. So actually really poor from him. He, he, he lost the ball just outside his box. A brilliant tackle from De Jong. Uh, puts it out wide to Jordi Alba. Brilliant uh, cross in. And uh, Vidal applies the finish with a, a walloping header where he, he managed nice. to... I always like those. He managed to bundle over the defender at the same time. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Just absolute crushing into it, you know. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Because no, no, no one was getting in the way of him. Yeah, yeah. And that's what Vidal's done, you know. At, yeah, it's his best moments throughout his career. You see him, he's box to box. He's all yeah. energy. He's, he, in that sense, he's terrific. But, you know, he's, he's the wrong side of 30. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe his best days are behind him. Yeah. Busquets the same. I'm a. I mean, Busquets is one of my favourite players. I think he's terrific. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, he's he's been a long servant in that team. So De Jong coming in, being the youngster, um, he's going to have to be the legs. And I'm not particularly sure that that's that's you know his game per se. Um, also, Barcelona, you know, this their style. They dominate possession. They dominate possession against most teams, the vast majority of sides. So I think he's going to have to recycle a ball a lot, but perhaps. But there has been an issue for them this season, where you yeah. know, the, especially lack of runners in behind the back line. I'm not saying Frankie Dong is going to do that one, but they do suffer with a lack of verticality. Um, I think, and certainly they suffer from a lack of threat in behind. I mean, well, I think part every of that side is, of world football needs threats in behind. Yeah, and I think part of that is, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the failure, but the faltering form of uh, Griezmann that hasn't uh, worked. It just never fit, did it? It, it, it? But I just, I don't think that transfer was ever going to fit. I don't see it either, mate. I mean, nah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think you needed... Look, they've still got Suarez. They've still got Messi. Two phenomenal players. Suarez is what he is. We all know what he does. Uh, Messi's, you know, one of the greatest of all time. But they lost that thread in behind. Uh, they lost the runner. They lost, the, you know, the man who can drive with the ball and also offer pace up front. Yeah. Uh, and that was supposed to be Dembele, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and he's struggled, which I think was, you know, he's, he's still got plenty of time to come good on that one. Yeah. Um, he's been really unlucky with injuries. Obviously, missed out here again. Um, I think he's going to be out for a while. But, but that's that's their problem. Is is. But then, how do you how do you come down from having one of the probably the greatest midfield of all time, mm. um, Xavi and Iniesta with Busquets knocking around? Yeah. Um, and then you know how are you supposed to follow that up? They've done well, remarkably uh, well, I think. But... Yeah, of course. I think you do what Valverde tried to do, which is you you go for a different kind of profile, which. Barcelona as a club will never accept. So I think that, you know, what Valverde was trying to do, the someone signing like someone like Paulinho um, and Vidal, you know, was maybe met with eyebrows. They, they weren't seen as typical Barcelona signings, but actually it was very much needed because you're not going to replace Busquets, Xavi, yeah. Iniesta with like for like. It's just not going to be anywhere near as good, of course. So you do have to adapt slightly, but Barcelona are a club that they'll never change, will they? They'll, they'll never accept that kind of profile of player. They? And why should they? They've been really successful for a long mm. time. And I think we're judging this Barcelona team by such a high standard, which yeah. is the which is the Barcelona team itself. So um, some people get, uh, maybe they, they think it's not as good a team as it has been. Maybe it's not, but they still, they're still top of the league and they still won this game fairly comfortably. So talk, yeah, great start. Great yeah. start for them. Sorry, mate. Vidal. Talk, no, I was going to ask, talk, talk to me about the, the front line. Um, obviously, Martin Braithwaite, a lot of eyebrows yeah. raised when he signed, but you know, there's an argument to say that he's, even more suited to the setup than, uh, or at least more suited to what Barcelona need than Antoine Griezmann. How did how did the forward line look? Yeah, look really good, mate. I mean, Braithwaite got his first goal, so I yep. was really pleased for him. He's yep. uh, what I've seen of Braithwaite because I was following him a little bit. Obviously, he came from English football, 
um, yeah. and he was doing well. He got the move, and he was doing well with Le- uh, Leganes. He was scoring goals, scored important goals for them, um, and everyone was, you know, a little bit surprised when Barcelona got him as a emergency sign-in mm-hmm. uh, sometime earlier this season. Anyway, um, he's done well since he came in. I think he has scored in the cup, uh, but this was his first La Liga goal which was terrific. He's had to wait a while for it. I think he made his debut in February and he scores his first goal in June. Yeah. Um, but he was he was really good. He was, a, he was a very good striker on the day. He led the line really well. Mm-hmm. He was a focal point for the attacks. I thought it really worked. And Messi did what Messi does. Yeah. The only one that... that it, it's not that he's, it's not, that he's um, not suited. It's just something just doesn't fit. And, it, and it's Griezmann. He's, again, is the yeah. one who's underperforming, underwhelming. And he was brought off before an hour uh, for Luis Suarez. And then things got better again for Barcelona because it just works better. But Braithwaite was excellent. So he got a goal. Um, Messi managed to set up Alba for a very nice third. And then he got on the score sheet himself uh, in stoppage time. Um, yeah, I thought the Braithwaite, I, th- I think Braithwaite's a smart signing, as we would say. Um, yeah. it, it works. He's not. He doesn't have to score bundles of goals. They'll get I- goals from elsewhere. That's not why he's there. He's there to bring balance to the front line um, to allow Suarez and Messi to do other things. And I think he's going to do that really well. Um, But as a whole, um, on the whole, rather, they, yeah, they were fairly convincing winners. I mean, Mallorca weren't bad, to be honest with you. They had decent passages of play. It's just, um, you know, they're up against a machine and um, I don't think they were really in with a chance. Although I would like to talk about Kubo. Please do. I'm a huge fan of his. Please do. Yes. So, um, Young player, Takafusa Tubo, um, on loan from Real Madrid, uh, currently playing for Mallorca. There's been, look, been a lot of talk about him online already. Um, yeah. A rising star, all of that. Some people who aren't aware, um, it's quite an interesting story because he was actually four seasons in uh, in the Barcelona Academy he at was, La Masia. He was, yep. And then um, I think because of uh, regulations about having foreign players, they, they weren't, they had to basically send him back to Japan. So they did that. Uh, he went to FC Tokyo for a couple of seasons. I think Barcelona were under the understanding that he would be <laughs> returning to La Masia uh, because he's such a talent. But Real yeah. Madrid have done have done what they've done. They've yeah. swooped in and um, they've taken the young man, and he's he, he looks like a real talent. There's been a lot of uh, there's been clips circulating about him for a while, like training with Real Madrid and in the yeah. first team and things like this. Um, but he's he's now kicking on. He's played up well over 20 games this season for Mallorca in La Liga, uh, which I think is a great education because it's a team that's struggling a little bit. And, um, you know, he's, he's going to learn a lot from doing that. Still really, really young. Um, and I think he's he's 19 years old still. His ball manipulation is just phenomenal, isn't it? His technical ability is just incredible. I'm a huge fan of how he moves. Yeah. He's silky. He's creative. Um, the ball stuck to his feet. It sticks to his feet like glue, doesn't it? A, a real, real talent. Yeah, I mean, like uh, he's a fantastic dribbler. Really great close control. He's very sharp yeah. as well. Very sharp. Yeah, wants yeah, yeah. to get forward. Yeah. Wants to do things. Wants to attack. Yeah. Uh, got a couple of nice shots away at a, at a nice free kick, mm-hmm. which was well saved. And he also forced a good save out of Tostig and with a little run and uh, a run and shot or a shot on the move, which was actually quite messy esque, but um, <laughs> just didn't just didn't find the corner. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he's a real talent and, and definitely on this sort of show. And I've seen him a couple more times as well on, on the showings from this season. Then the hype is the hype is real. He's he's well worth the hype. He's going to be one to watch out for, for sure. Yeah. But overall, man, yeah, Barcelona back with a bang. I thought that the forward line worked really well. De Jong had a great game. And um, yeah, that puts them back in control at the top of La Liga. Yep, now on to their title challenges, Real Madrid. The game I watched today, obviously their first game since the restart. They were at home to Ibar. Um, and yeah, in the end, it looked like a comfortable win. It, it certainly appeared that way. Uh, it certainly looked like being a comfortable win after the first half. Um, Ibar had a bit of a fight back in the second half. Perhaps Madrid were, were tiring a bit and losing a bit of focus. But yeah, I think, you know, it sounds like a similar situation to what you saw, um, or it appears a similar situation to what you saw Barcelona, that Real Madrid, they were just a cut above um, in every sense, just just more class, more control. Um, talking about, I want to talk about more specifically about a few players like you did. I want to talk about Marcello, um, who for me, from what I've seen, is the best technical fullback I've ever seen. He's just incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, he's just incredible technically. You know, I don't know what more to say than that. You know, he can. <laughs> he's one of those. He's one of those situations where every situation he can manipulate the ball to get out of it. Um, he can move the ball with his first touch. He can the ball. He, he's one of those players that I like to compare. You know, when you would do kickups with a balloon or play football with a balloon when you're year, yeah. year, when you're a kid, and you know, he's just obviously in slow motion. It's like that with him. It's like the he's never ever rushed in with his technical yeah. ability, even if he's under stress. He can always manipulate the ball in some way off both feet, despite being a left back, um, to work out a good situation. And and he scored actually his first goal of the season. Um, so now he was he was fantastic. But but the so player would you day, have him God, just quickly on that point? Yeah. I mean, like you're raving, waxing lyrical about Marcelo, and I agree with you 100. percent Fantastic player. Big shout though. Would you have him ahead of uh, Roberto Carlos as the all-time? Uh, Don't all-time you dare make back. me choose between them two. I refuse. <laughs> I will never. I cannot choose between them. Listen, if I'm speaking purely as a football fan, yep. I Roberto Carlos is a hero of mine, and there you go. He was one of the main ones growing up. You know, the the best fullback along with Cafu in the world. Uh, yeah. Those two. Um, he plays the game the way I love it. But then again, so does Marcelo. Um, if I'm picking a team to consistently win leagues and titles, um, probably Marcelo. If I'm being honest, probably Marcelo. I'm yeah. sticking with I'm sticking with uh You're sticking Robbie with Carlos. Roberto, yeah. I'm yeah. I, I Thunder, can't believe Thunder I just picked yeah. someone over Roberto Carlos. I cannot believe yeah. I've done that. You've fallen into that. Yeah, I know you've you've set me up there. But no, uh, listen, <laughs> which are, are the one you choose, it's a pretty good option, isn't it? But it's um bad, is it? We'll stick Marcelo on the bench, yeah. Yeah, all right, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um but um no, I want to speak more about um for me the best player on the pitch was Karim Benzema. Um oh, okay. I think um you know, it, the last decade from 2010 to 2020, I think he's arguably the best all-round complete number nine in world football for that decade. Um, I think it's very underappreciated by a lot of people, the work he does off the ball. I mean, he was so poignant in so many attacks. He would he, he doesn't stay between, you know, the we talk about, you know, staying in between the width of the, the penalty box, don't we, in between those lines. He doesn't do that. He moves off into the left inside channel, the right inside channel. He picks the ball up in so many ways where he can then receive it in space and link up and combine. He has a beautiful tempo and timing to his game. Um, he must be an absolute dream for the forward players to work with. And um, he must have been a dream for people like Ronaldo to work with. He's so selfless, um, a phenomenal footballer. But there is an issue with Real Madrid's forward line and their team in general. And where Benzema 
is so good at, you know, being the the link up man, the one that gives so much to the team, the selfless worker, um, who's, you know, also phenomenal on the ball, etc. He's not just a workaholic, he's a phenomenal footballer. But where he is that and where Bale has obviously had his issues with injuries and, you know, being in and out of the team and obviously Ronaldo's gone. Real Madrid have a massive issue with their forward line in terms of goals, which is absolutely bizarre. I mean, I cannot believe when I was watching the game, the stat came up. Um, Real Madrid's second top goal scorer in the Liga this year before the game has started was Sergio Ramos with five goals. That's Real Madrid's. Their second top goal scorer was their centre-back with five goals. Um, so it's pretty obvious what they need. And I think they've gotten, they've gotten into a situation um, where they may be looking more and more towards the the cute or the smart signing, the, the likes of Rodrigo, Vinicius Jr., um, even Luka Jovic, arguably, um, whether it's they're looking for the next Neymar or they're looking for the next up-and-coming wonder kid, I don't know. But but they've now found themselves in a situation where they don't really have that um, selfish threat in front of goal, that consistent goal scorer that is going to take the ball, that assertive aura we spoke about in our Bundesliga podcast the other day about certain forwards that have that. Um, they don't have that player anymore. Even Hazard is a phenomenal footballer, but you know, he's and he's a you know, he is a he can score goals, of course, he can, but he's not someone that's selfish in front of goal that's going so to be like the one. A, a pure predator, not even just a predator. I'm just talking about someone that just lives off goals. Cristiano Ronaldo, even Gareth Bale, just a, a threat, a constant threat on goal. Um, those players will sometimes pull your hair out because you know they'll, they'll take shots when they shouldn't take shots. Um, and you think, why didn't you pass the ball? But then when you don't have that presence up front, then you get the other situation where. A club like Real Madrid can be in a position where their second top goal scorer in the league is their centre-half with five goals. They need that massively. And I think they've gone down a route where they're trying to sign maybe the next Neymar or they're trying to sign these young kids or these clever signings. And Real Madrid don't need to do that. They, Real Madrid can buy the superstars. Why are, with all, we all, I mean, we're youth coaches, but you have to respect the kind of club you are. Real Madrid don't need to make those kind of signings. Real Madrid need to make the signings like, like Hazard, but like, Mo Salah and people like that that are going to go in and help win them Champions League and lead titles straight away. Um, so I think that's one thing they massively miss from their front line and they're going to have to address it in the summer because if if Bale continues to go down the, the road that it looks like they're going down where he's basically not going to be involved in the team as much as he wants to be and injuries, etc. They're going to have to find and sign that constant goal threat that you can hang your hat on to score 25, 30 plus goals a season. Um, they have to. Hmm. Well, especially when they that, don't really get goals from their midfield either their midfield doesn't score goals yeah I mean obviously this match was a was a, a, a good one for them in terms of spreading it around I think Tony Cruz got on the score sheet I think Ramos got on the score sheet oh it's a beautiful again, goal yeah yeah. Um, yeah, but Tony Cruz isn't known for his goal scoring no it's no, not, no no no, you know, no he's not going to produce uh, that many uh, so who would you have if you're you know you're, you've got the purse strings who would you have in mind for, for Roman Mohamed Salah Mohamed Salah are just exactly what they need. Exactly. It, it, it's not always it's not always the prettiest. It's not always the silkiest. He sometimes pulls your hair out with making decisions of being a bit selfish, but they need that. They need him. They need someone like him. They need that kind of um, yeah. self-confidence, um, world-class goal scorer, constant threats, that aura that we spoke about. They have to sign someone in that ilk. They have to. Otherwise, um, they're not going to challenge in Europe. They just won't. I can't see how they can do because, you know, where are where is where where are the consistent goals going to come from? Hazard has had mm. his problems and he's disappointed. But again, he's not that um, voracious goal scorer. 
Um, do you think Vince, it's strange? Do you think it's a, a strange one? They they weren't linked uh, as heavily with Timo Werner as some of the English clubs, or do you think he's too close? No, to I, I I even think actually Timo Werner they, 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 he's probably maybe not quite that upper echelon of player yet that they should be going for. They should be going for the established superstar. You mm. know, the this is a forward player for Real Madrid. They need a forward player that's going to guarantee them goal after goal. They need another. They need another Galactico in their forward line that's going to score goals. Even Timo Werner probably isn't. Um, that kind of play, well, I mean, he is a goal scorer. He's a phenomenal footballer, but I'm talking about the real upper echelons. I'm talking about Mo Salah. I'm talking about um, Gareth Bale, you know, in, in his prime. I'm talking about um, Kylian Mbappe, Neymar. I'm talking about this level of footballer. Um, they need to sign someone like that, but obviously wherever they're able to with the current pandemic, um, who knows? But no, they definitely need that. Otherwise, I can't see them. Um, well, we'll get on to who we think will win the league. Um, we might as well do it straight away. Um, I don't think they'll win the league this season because of that. Um, Barcelona have that from Messi um, at the bare minimum. Suarez is back um, and they've already got the two-point advantage. And because Real Madrid don't have that, uh, I think that the, the league will go to Barcelona. Yeah, I have to agree, mate. And, and just on that point, you said about uh, the guaranteed goals. Uh, yeah. So this goal against Mallorca took Messi to uh, 20 league goals Yeah. Uh, for the season, which is the 12th consecutive season. Yeah. That he's made 20 league goals. Yeah. So, um, I mean, absolutely ridiculous output as per normal. Uh, yeah. One day it'll end, which will be a very sad day. But um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't look like stopping anytime soon. And he just seems to just float through games. And it's it's phenomenal. He, ended, he looked like he was having a quiet game. He ended with a goal and two assists. So yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it's quite bizarre, really. So well, it's one of these players. Is it? Well, obviously, I sound like I'm just sort of like saying something that people don't already know. But Messi's one of those players, obviously, that the, the game will get to minute ninety, and he hasn't scored yet, and you're just like, he's going to score. There's like yeah. three minutes of added time, and he's just he's going to find that chance, and he's going to score. He's going to produce. He's going to do something where he gets his name on the score sheet. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, he's the greatest footballer I've ever seen. Um, I think the headache they'll have when he when he um, starts to decline or, or oh, mate, it's, goes, it's it, going to be phenomenal. It's going to be. It's going, I think it's going to take years. For, I mean, we spoke yeah. about how how you know would Real Madrid struggle with Ronaldo, and they've struggled without Ronaldo. Um, but Ronaldo was more like an, a, a superstar footballer for that club that was for, you know that had such great success. Um, Messi, it feels like if you take Messi out of the club, not only do you take out everything that Ronaldo gave Real Madrid. It feels like you're almost ripping out the heart of Barcelona that everything, everything for the last decade and more has gone through Messi. Everything. Yeah, because Real Madrid aren't so, aren't so closely tied to a, a particular or specific system. Um, yeah. They'll, they, they've gone through different systems. They'll have different managers with different styles. Um, as long as you're attacking, as long as you're going forward yeah. and uh, scoring more goals and winning championships, they're, they're not too bothered. But obviously, Barcelona have a really specific style that they work to. And Messi's the absolute king of that. So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. But I agree with you, man. I think Barcelona are going to end up as the champions. Obviously, there's a little bit of a way to go. Two points clear. Um, I think it's going to be interesting right down to the... I'm actually surprised it's going to go right down to the wire. Um, because okay. earlier in the season, yep. uh, Real Madrid were nowhere near it. If you remember right back to the start of the season, they were all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've done... I think they've done really well to bring it around. Um and I, I remember watching their, their performance in the Champions League against Paris Saint-Germain, um, yeah. where they they just did a really good job um, against PSG, and um, I, I thought that was a bit of a, a bit of a turning point. Um, 
yeah, that was that was a really good performance. But um, yeah, I, I think so. They've improved massively. They've got a lot better. To be fair to Real Madrid, um, neither of them are really on fire. I wouldn't yeah. be, you know, I wouldn't say uh, this is not this is no. not vintage. It's certainly not vintage Barcelona. It's certainly not no, vintage no, no. Real Madrid. No, but out of the two, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go with Barcelona as well, mate. Right down to the wire, but Barcelona by a yeah. By a, a couple of points, I would have thought. I think I think we should do a quick roundup of the um, other La Liga fixtures. Um, one team that has disappointed me more than any this year. I was really looking forward to to seeing how they would do this season. It's Atletico Madrid. Um, yeah. Yet another draw, their thirteenth draw of the season. Um, ordinarily, you know, a one-all draw away to Athletic Bilbao um, um, isn't the worst result by any means. But um, you know, Atletico Madrid, they're, they're they're chasing a Champions League place. You know, Atletico Madrid are now at a stage where third spot should really be kind of guaranteed for them. And I was really excited to watch them play this season, mostly because of Jao Felix. Jao Felix is one of my favourite players in the world. Um, but yet again, I think that, I mean, I don't want to knock him because he's done an incredible job, obviously, but I think the club that Atletico Madrid are, they kind of kill any form of maverick, creative genius. Um, in for- If I'm a forward player, unless I'm a robust, aggressive, dynamic, basically, unless I'm called Diego Costa, I'm <laughs> not going to join Atletico Madrid. Um, it was not a great move for Jao Felix. So they've they've trudged along to another one or draw. They've been a real disappointment this season, haven't they? Yeah. Um, they, Which mean, is surprised considering how well they've done in the Champions League. They knocked out Liverpool, obviously. Um, but in the La Liga, um, they've been such a disappointment. They've just they've just never really got started. They've never really put enough of a run together. They're now 13 points behind Real Madrid, so 15 points behind Barcelona. They're down in six. You know, they, they're um, level on points with Getafe, uh, still behind Sevilla and Real Sociedad. So, you know, it's going to take some. It's going to take some doing. I would have thought uh, Real Sociedad might be the one to fall away, and Atletico Madrid should eventually get get it done and get into the top four. Um, because they've got the experience, they've got the know-how. They are a really good team. That win against Liverpool was terrific. That was yeah, a great really game. loved it. A great performance. I know um, there was a few goalkeeping errors in the Euro. Yeah, it was a shame that that decided. It was a shame we we spoke didn't we when it happened. Yeah. It was a shame that a game of that much quality and excitement was decided by goalkeeping errors. It felt I like really it should have been decided that. by. I thought that was quality. One of those. One of the best games I've seen this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal attack in Liverpool. They were really relentless. Um, and they did remarkable to get um, 2 0 up, considering how robust and how well drilled and so how dis- disciplined. Yeah. Oh, they're, so dis- they're so good to watch when they're. I've got no problem with watching defensive teams or watching no. more, st- more sturdy teams and teams like that. Not every team has to, has to go forward and, and, and no. score four yeah. goals. And I really like that performance from Atletico Madrid, but they just haven't done it consistently. And that's why they find themselves currently in sixth position. Well, I, I think do, they'll yeah. still get top four. Okay. But they they haven't been um yeah, they haven't been on their on their metal this season at all. Well, I do want to say this for Simeone. I think it is a sign of an, I think it's an incredible job that he's done that he's managed to keep up the levels of Atletico for so long. Yeah. Considering his training regime and his style of football is so, so intense. It must be mentally exhausting for the players. But also, not only is it intense, it's intense in quite a a disciplined defensive form of football. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine training sessions are too are too exciting or fun. And yet it's the same voice, the same kind of... But those players have maintained that discipline, have maintained that intensity for year after year after year. I know they've had additions and changes. And if they didn't have those additions, there's no way that you know the, the core squad could keep listening to that same voice again and again with that same style of football. But... Massive credit to Simeone that he's made that style of football 
um, and continue to be successful with it for so long. Um, yeah, because you know, with other, the exhaustion that it causes mentally, you know. Yeah, and there's other big teams in the league. So, yeah. you know, you, you'd argue Sevilla, Valencia, uh, Bilbao, you know, they're all in the same boat really as Atletico uh, Madrid. But they've really cemented their position as as the third team in the league. Yeah. I would say in most people's eyes, obviously yeah. Sevilla had great success in Europa League for a few years. Um, and they're a big club as well. But for the size of the club, to do it consistently that he has done, um, yeah. to bring them back up into the top three consistently, the success they've had in the Champions League as well, reaching finals, never yeah. quite getting over the line, but they, 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 you know, that's a great achievement in itself. Like you say, to do that year after year, competing with those those top two is is a phenomenal achievement in itself. So hopefully they bounce back. I'd like to see yeah. him give it another go next season and, and, and push them hard again because I think La Liga needs it. Yeah, I think Barcelona, Real Madrid need it as well. They're better yeah. when Atletico are better. Yeah. So um, yeah, hopefully that. And João Felix, I really want. I really, really want him to. So um, do I. I, I love expo- him. It might, you know, it was going to take a while. He's come from the Portuguese league yeah. and into yeah. La Liga. It's a, it's a step up for sure. Um, and then you're, you know, the eyes are on you because it was such a big. Um, yeah. Uh, such a big price tag for such a young player, but he's he's definitely got all the attributes. I he, think is, he is. It, it is a clashing style, though. It really is a clashing style in terms of. Yeah, what but he's the, he's the real deal, and I I back him. I think he's going to get it done. I think he's going to cut good because so. I, I I genuinely think he's a he's he's the real deal. I think he's. Yeah, class. no, so do I. I agree. I agree. Just a little quick roundup of some other fixtures. Um, so a big game, Getafe and Granada. Um, Getafe um, surprised a few people this year. Um, but their Champions League qualifying um, hopes, they, they took a massive knock. Um, they 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 lost 2-1 um, to Granada. So that's a disappointment for Getafe. Granada have got some good players. Um, they're an interesting outfit. Valencia, that was a good... Valencia, that was an interesting game. Um, so Valencia, um, they had a one-all draw at home. Um with Levante, but um, Levante were ten were down to ten men, uh, ten men, and uh, they levelled in the eight minutes into stoppage time thanks to a VAR wow. awarded penalty on Friday. I didn't watch the game; um, that's just me reading the reports. But obviously, that sounds like a bit of a, a um, an exciting finish. Um, so no, it's so I wonder, I wonder how that would go with uh, an, I mean, a, a VAR awarded penalty eight mm. minutes into stoppage time. Under normal circumstances, the stadium would be an uproar. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, with no fans. I don't well, know. Maybe there was a bit of a damp squib or no. Well, to be fair, as well, this leads us nicely on to, of course, we've got to round up the bar, the Bundesliga as well, which has been very Bundesliga heavy, but we have got to round it up. Um, I was watching uh before the Real Madrid game, I was watching um Schalke versus Leverkusen, and they were using the the fan noise. Um the uh to yeah, I don't, I don't that. know if it's I they're don't know if it's actually thing. yeah, I don't know if it's actually just for the fans at home on the TV or if it's actually in the stadium at the same time. Um, I believe it's was, just on the TV. I think it's just done by the broadcaster. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But it, to be fair, it did actually work. I I did feel like it was more like a normal game of football watching it on the TV. Yeah. Um, so they they simulated the fan noise when the VAR was on and the whistling and stuff because uh, Schalke had a VAR penalty, um, a ridiculous penalty decision. There's a few that I've seen recently that are just absurd that confirms to me that the people that are making these kind of decisions as to the rules of the game haven't actually ever played football in their life, um, which is ridiculous. But you know, it is what it is. But um, no, yeah, to quit, we've got to round up the Bundesliga, obviously. Um, we need to start at the top. Bayern Munich, one win away from the Bundesliga title. Again, um, they they yeah. they beat Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, a late Leon Goretzka winner. Um, I mean, yeah, I watched, I watched was never really, that, was, was, it? that yeah, was, uh, 
it was a it was a it was a professional performance put it that way um they didn't um set the world alight but they don't need to it was good enough to beat a, a very decent uh, Mönchengladbach team yep. um who 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 done really well in the game to be fair they had great chances probably possibly could have even taken the lead but uh yeah late late winner um and they deserve to win uh obviously the other challengers uh Dortmund's got a really 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 yep. late win yeah. Um, I watched most of that game and they were poor, to be honest. They were they were mm. stale, uh, slow in attack, everything I don't like to see. Um yeah. my uh my favorite footballer, Emre Chan, was playing. <laughs> uh, he's not he's just not for me. Look, I can see I can see the benefits of Emre Chan. He's a very good footballer, but he's not for me. He moves the no, ball. That's too fine. We, we all as you said the other day, we all have a feel for a footballer. That's, there's it, nothing wrong with that. It is just a clash. I mean, like every time I see when they play with him in midfield, it slows everything down. Yeah, uh, the pace goes out of the attacks. Um, mm. There's no rhythm in midfield, and I don't. I just don't think there's enough offered. But it wasn't him. It was the whole the whole team as a unit uh, just never got going. Jaden Sancho just it just never clicked. But they swung one into the box in the ninety fifth minute, and uh, the young lad Harland managed to get his uh, get his head on it, and he scored a really really good header for a um a decisive win. So yeah, 95th minute winner from Haaland. Heartbreak for Fortuna Dusseldorf because they really need the points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting this tight at the bottom, isn't it? It is tight. They're yeah. three points behind Mainz. That would have been a huge point for them. They yeah. every every point counted a moment. So when that when that goal went it was like it was in slow motion as well. It was just dropped into the corner. And oh. uh yeah the Dusseldorf players went to their knees. They were really yeah. upset about that one. Um Dusseldorf managed by Man City legend Uwe Rossler, by the way. So yeah. uh, any Man City fans out there remember him as a great goal scorer. He was fuming. He was rightly fuming with that one. Um, but yeah, the big two keep rolling on. Um, but like you say, Bayern Munich, one game away. So one so, win away yeah. from another league. Yep. Yeah. To wrap up the Bundesliga, I just want to quickly ask your opinion. So I think if you look at the games right now, uh, there are three games left. Um, Dortmund are on 66 points. I think they're got Champions League. I think they're pretty much there. I'd be surprised if they'd have to have a big uh, big um, downturn for them to, to miss out on the Champions League. Um, but RB Leipzig, they're in third on 62 points. I'll probably say they they should be in the Champions League as well. But then fourth through by Leverkusen, 57. And fifth, Borussia Mönchengladbach, 56. Who's, who are you giving the, say, let's say, let's say Bayern, Dortmund and RB Leipzig, let's say they should finish in the top three. Who are you backing to finish in the fourth spot out of Leverkusen and Mönchengladbach? Easy Leverkusen, Kai yeah. Havertz. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Done. I yeah. think they'll get. I think they'll get over the line. I think Munch and Gladbach are just starting to fade. Um, mm-hmm. They started the season really, and it, yeah. it, I don't know. It must be difficult. They they started the season really brightly. Um, they were being tipped as having a serious title challenge, which was probably slightly beyond them. But they've done phenomenally. But I just think Leverkusen will get it done. Um, yeah. I really do. Yeah, Kai I think Havertz Leverkusen are one of those funny teams, though, where with the manager they they. They're exciting, but they can really let you down. They remind me actually quite a bit of uh, Tottenham Hotspur in the years before they became more of a professional outfit. You know, the the years before Richard Pochettino, where it's like they can really turn it on um, on their day, but then all of a sudden just have the most unacceptable results and performance where it just doesn't work and it feels like there's no structure or or discipline to them. Um, so they're one of those, I would probably put my money on Leverkusen, but I really wouldn't be surprised for them to mess it up. Listen, it's going to be tight, but I'd, I'd, I'd have to say Leverkusen just, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Before we go, um, obviously, big, big news. The Premier League, well, the next time that we're, the next podcast we're going to be doing, um, we will have had our first fixture in the Premier League. Um, yeah. 
obviously I'm incredibly excited for it. No doubt you are. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, well, is there anything more to sort of say than we're excited? <laughs> oh, I think it's going to be fantastic, man. I mean, now we've got, you know, the, uh, the Bundesliga is back. La Liga is back with a bang. Uh, Italian football came back with the Coppa Italia. So that yeah. that's actually the final is going to be played on Wednesday as well. Um, so that's really worth looking forward to. We can't wait. Wednesday's going to be a big day for um, for fixtures. And then, like you say, the Premier League is back as well. So now it fully feels like uh, we're back into it properly. So, yeah, just really excited. I think there's going to be um, plenty more twists and turns in the Premier League. Any fixtures that stand out for you, mate, that you're looking forward to? Um, obviously, I'll say the two, the, well, there's three this weekend, isn't there? There's Liverpool-Everton at Goodison. So I should say Everton-Liverpool, rather. Um, obviously, uh, Arteta is up against Guardiola. And um, Jose Mourinho um, welcomes Man United to, to Tottenham Hotspur. So those are three pretty big games, aren't they, to, to, to kick off the next round of, uh, or to kick off the restart. Um, it's, I think it's impossible to predict who's going to win. Uh, because we don't know the conditions that players and teams are going to come back from. Um, I would put money on a, a manager like Jose Mourinho, perhaps doing better than another manager. I think that, you know, the, where it's such an unprecedented time, someone like Mourinho, a typically strategic manager, um, will have everything thought out of and he'll adapt to the situation. Whereas I think if you look at, I'm not knocking him, if you look at perhaps a more philosophical manager like Mikel Arteta, um, that perhaps will be like, you know, it's my way no matter what. Um, I can see that struggling. So, for example, you know, a team that would like would like to press high no matter what, you know, the conditions might not allow that. Will the manager adapt and allow the team to adapt? I'm not too sure. But a strategic manager like Mourinho, who will, you know, come up with any scenario it takes to win, I can see, um, I can see Spurs doing well. Um, but again, it all depends on the conditions of the players coming back, well, doesn't it's it? Worked out, it's worked out for Tottenham in the sense of Son and Kane will be yeah, back. Yeah. So that's really worked out well for them. I think from what I've seen in the other leagues, La Liga and uh, and obviously the Bundesliga before, um, what's happened there is the big teams have come back and still and still naturally been much better yeah. than everybody else. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think we're still going to see Liverpool and Man City winning pretty yeah. much every game. Yeah. Um, and then it really gets interesting after that. The race between Chelsea, Man U, Wolves are up there, you know, fighting away, doing really, they've had a fantastic season, Sheffield United. You wonder if they might have a little bit of a dip uh, mentally because are they, you know, they've done amazing, but are they uh, overachieving? I'm not sure. So would this period away, uh, are they going to redouble their efforts or are they content with what they've got? That might be a bit unfair on them, but could you see them falling away possibly? I don't know. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot to be decided still. And um, I think the top four, yeah, top four, is still up for grabs for a lot of teams. So it's going to be really interesting. But I still expect, um, I still expect the best teams to to be coming back stronger than everybody else. One thing I would love to see, I would love to see a player that me and you have worked with a few times uh, make his debut for Man City, Jalen Braff. Um, yeah, where the Liverpool, where the, league, the league's already is, it is already done. The league, um, obviously, everybody knows that. So Man City can afford to to give minutes to someone like Jaden. Um, I would love to see him get his debut. I think he will, don't you? I think he'll make where it's probably not against Arsenal, but I do think he'll make his debut before the season's out, don't you? I think it's a no-brainer. He's a fantastic player. He really starred for Holland in the under-17 World Cup yeah. recently. Uh, brilliant talent. Lots of people know about him now. Um, yeah, I think it's an absolute no-brainer that he gets a start, or maybe not a start, but he gets some minutes before the end of the season because yeah. um, he's, he's first-team quality. Um, and that's saying something because, yeah. you know, he's... Manchester City which is a huge club with a, an amazing first team um, but yeah real attacking talent 
blistering winger with skill and pace and aggression and, and power. Uh, yeah, uh, just just a, a real intent, real desire to get forward. Uh, direct runner, go both sides, score goals. We're excited about him. So um, that player that we spoke about, that player I spoke about earlier. That you know, I'm not saying Real Madrid needs to buy Jane Braff, but you know that player we spoke about that that assertive, confident player that can just take the game on his own and, and rip yeah. the ball into the top corner. That's what Jaden Braff has. He has he's that. A few, uh, he's a few uh, seasons away from that kind of, of talk. Of course, of course. Um, but, that, but he's that kind of style, isn't he? That's what he is. Yeah, definitely. Aggressive, go forward. Uh, real sort of um, confident player who wants to go forward on the front foot and score goals. So it'll be interesting to see, actually. Teams like, you know, Liverpool should wrap this up quite quickly. So it'll be interesting to see them give some of their youngsters a chance as well because they've got... They've got some amazing youngsters down they there. They do. I really do. Um, yeah. And City as well. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens there. But really yeah. looking forward to it. Indeed. Indeed. And that wraps up this week's bonus episode. All that's left for me to say is thanks to Richard. Cheers, mate. Thanks to the listeners. Next time you're going to hear from us, it will, the Premier League will have returned. We can't wait. Stay safe. See you soon. Hey, 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 hey.